All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tell Me More Radio with Tom Shadiak. I'm your host for today. My name is Brooke Fernley, and we have an interesting show put together for you guys tonight. So we are actually not in the studio right now. This is a pre-recorded podcast, so unfortunately, we will not be taking your calls tonight. But we have received uh, some feedback from you guys, especially on Twitter. And you guys are saying that you'd like to know who we are. Sometimes we get really excited and passionate about what we're talking about, which is the goal. But we can breeze right past names. Um, So we want to focus tonight on how you get to know someone and also let you guys get to know a little bit about us. As we love to get to know about you when you do call us or reach out to us on Twitter. So we're going to go ahead and get started and talk about getting to know one another. So the, the first person uh, under the, the spotlight tonight is Nick. You want to say hello? Hello. All right. So <laughs> that, thank you, Nick. We'll see you later. Yeah, that okay. That's it for me. Pretty indicative of how Nick usually yeah. responds to questions. You know, you can be a little closed off and uh, sometimes... Uh, you are a little bit more fact-based and you don't really let people see the emotion behind it as much. Do you think that's a fair statement? Uh, I mean, sure, it's true, but that's a very unfair thing to say. Why is it unfair? Because it makes me sound like a robot, which is just patently not true. Well, you're certainly not a robot, um, and I would know that, but I don't know if everybody here knows that. You you don't tend to share very much about your personal life on the air, right? Right. Well, I'm. whenever we do the show, I'm, I'm much more interested in the discussion at hand than really why I should be credible. I I think that's sort of up to the listener to decide if they should listen to what I say. Well, we don't want people to listen to what you say because your opinion is right, but what we want to do here is value everybody's opinion. Um, I'd also like to let our listeners know a little bit more about you as a person. Nick, if if you had to share something about yourself in, let's say, 30 seconds, what do you think you'd say? Uh, Well, if I had to condense... All entire life, my all entire life, years. all 22 years and some days, I would say that uh, I have spent most of my life fascinated with science and mathematics. And I would say mm, upwards of 85% of my free time is spent on computers, either programming or playing video games or consuming other kinds of digital media like podcasts or video games. And uh, I like the outdoors and that's it. <laughs> That's all. That's, that's the it. most I can that's, say in 30 seconds. That's all there is about you at all. <laughs> what about you guys? Uh, is that what you get from Nick? What what kind of impressions do you have? Yeah, I. Uh, this is more for my personal enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I always just took you as being a super informed guy. You uh, always you always come back. I feel like every time we do a show, you got a statistic. There's something, <laughs> something to back up, stored up in the brain to back up what we're talking That's, about. I spend 50% of all available memory committing random facts <laughs> to my brain. <laughs> well, uh, you don't have to answer this, Nick, but this is something more personal about you that you don't usually share with people. We were talking about it last night, but you've got a sometimes very gripping fear of death, and it's something that's hard for you to talk about or think about, especially at night, especially if you're by yourself but that's not a side that you usually share with people. Mm, no, I mean, it, I guess it would be pertinent if we were doing a, a show on fears or a show on death, but I think in the normal conversation, it, uh, I suppose it could color some of the opinions I have one way or the other, sort of like the comment I made in the aging show about how would it be if we were ageless, you know, what kind of fears would that put into the human psyche? But uh, I mean, I guess all in all, it it's just not always relevant, and that's how I 
do a lot of the emotional stuff is it just doesn't seem relevant so I sort of uh, omit it well I I know you're definitely not alone in that fear uh, death is not something that we're usually comfortable talking about but I don't know I guess I want to encourage you to share more emotional sides of your personality if you feel like you want to Okay, I'll feel welcome to do that. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, all right, guys, who who else wants to share a little bit about themselves? Satoria? Yeah? yeah? Oh. <laughs> you just put on the spot. You gotta do it. <laughs> you and X are up to bat. Throwing her on spot. Um, okay, well, then Xavier's gonna be next then since we're gonna play that game. <laughs> all right, um, well, what do you want to know? Um, I guess I could start off with where I was born and raised in yeah. Chicago. <laughs> Take it back to the roots, girl. <laughs> in Chicago, Illinois, uh, long story short, how I got to Memphis, graduated high school, wanted to come down south for college. Um, you know, I got led to University of Memphis, been here ever since. Derrick Rose is a heavy influence on my decision to come here. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Why, why Derrick Rose? You were... <laughs> You're kind of proving uh, kind of the driving force behind this show right now, Satoria. Okay. When, when we want to get to know somebody, it's really hard to know where to start. And we mm-hmm. typically start with these labels that we've put on ourselves or someone else has put on us. Like, I'm a graduate from the University of Memphis. I work in the field of logistics. I'm 23 years old. And it can be difficult to get to something deeper, something underlying that really shows a little bit more about who we are as people. Um, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really know the best way to kind of ferret out those kinds of questions. What what kind of situations are you guys in that you feel like you really get to know a person? Uh, whenever the worst things happen that could happen, I feel like when that's when people mm-hmm. are the most vulnerable and really, it could be someone you know um, very personal. Like for instance, uh, a couple months ago, my mom had a fear that uh, she went to the doctor and they found something and she thought that she might have breast cancer. And I think during like, she ended up not having breast cancer, but during that period, I feel like me and my dad bonded in a way, even though we're tremendously close, we bonded in a way that we never had. And even now I feel more close to my dad than I did before that, which is crazy because I couldn't imagine that would ever be closer to him. Right. That's your then. your parent, somebody yeah. that has seen most sides of your personality that you would just assume that you were close with. Right. But you found that that situation brought you guys a little bit closer together. Yeah, because you we didn't, I think for at least that month, everything that felt important really wasn't important. Like the things that you think about, you prioritize every day, like they're just not important at all. And we were really just focused on being a family and being a unit and you know, what that, whatever, all the, what the situation meant, I suppose, you know? So mm-hmm. it just like brought us together in a way that I don't think we'd ever been before. Yeah, I understand. Xavier, yeah, we got to say names tonight, guys. That's the yeah. whole point yeah. of this. This is all Josh. Right, there you go. Josh. That <laughs> was Josh speaking about his father and Xavier now. Yes, this is X. Uh, but I have a question. I have a friend of mine who is one of those type of people who live their life off of bucket lists. You know, they have kind of like a list of things that they have to do before, you know, a list of things in that order of like, this is how I want to graduate. This is how I want to walk down the aisle. This is how I want my parents. (laughs) This is how I want my kids. And to me, I've kind of like, that's like completely not my nature, but I'm interested to hear other people's opinions on that. You know what I mean? That topic of how you live your life, because ultimately that kind of determines, you know, your happiness based on those expectations for me, I, you know, from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, 
living, you know, I, well, I don't know personally, but living, if I were to live that life that way, I would be kind of setting myself up for not hitting those expectations for when it don't happen. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? There's that God factor that says like, yo, nah, bro, those plans ain't happening. Like, That's so challenging, yeah, because it's like you're stuck between a place of having a goal. I know at least for me, like there's certain goals I hold that I would like to achieve, but then I also really try to reinforce Ooh. that I don't want to hold expectations for myself because I set myself up for disappointment. But then again, if I don't, hold any expectation for the goals I want to achieve, then I might might not achieve them. I think I think for me, what I learned is I used to very much be like, well, if I don't do this and I failed at that one thing, and that's not necessarily true. You know what I mean? It's just to like have a healthy skepticism about the things you want to achieve and know that if you even do 25 to 50% of them, you're at least working towards something. And that's better than not working at all. At least in in my mind. I don't know, but is there a distinction between a bucket list and having an aspiration? I think that's that's kind of different. I think when you have an aspiration, it's kind of like the end goal of what you're trying to do. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how you're getting there. But the bucket list is like one step, one step, two step, three point five step, four step, four and a half. Like an aspiration is like I want to be president. Yeah, and you don't really. But a bucket list is get elected to the Senate or (laughs) something like that. Like you don't just aspire. You don't say, okay, step one, become president. Right. So you want to be president? Not no, absolutely (laughs) not. I want to. I want. I'm gonna be. You're gonna call me Mayor Cannon one day. That's gonna be my first step. (laughs) I would absolutely vote for you. All the time. One thing you need to know about Josh, he he wants to be a politician. (laughs) Well, while we're speaking about what we need to know about Josh, what do we need to know about Micah? Oh. Oh. Um, I am Josh's girlfriend. That is one thing that brought me here. Um, Josh was coming to the Josh is your boyfriend. Get that right. Did I say that? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I'm just fine. Wait, I don't know what I was. You're you're messing me up. I started coming here through Josh. So Josh is how I met all of you and how I became part of the radio station. And now sometimes I come more than he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but other than that, I, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, I am going to throw a label out there. I am a graphic designer. Um, so that's what I do for my professional work. Mm-hmm. But I am really into cooking and gardening. Um, I like long walks. I can like filling out a profile, <laughs> dating beach. profile right now. <laughs> Pina coladas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I tend not to hold grudges, so that's one thing I kind of let it go, or kind of hmm. just I try not because people. Oh, are, I like that. It, people are people, you know. They mess mm-hmm. up. I mess up. Sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes it's theirs. I mean, that's just one thing that <laughs> throughout my life, even when I was a little kid on the elementary school playground, I was like, you know what? Maybe you're having a bad day. Like, that's always been a part of my life. I want to know if that's ever come back to haunt you in a way. Have oh, you yeah, ever given then, someone so many chances? Yeah. Well, you were talking about this the other night at the yeah. show. Like, uh, and my my answer still holds that. Like, you, like I said, people are people. And I learned that a long time ago. I don't know if it's because I have sisters and they would pull my hair. And next thing I know, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. You know, like, so <laughs> I don't know if it's just like how I grew up with my sisters, just kind of like forgiving and, you know, moving on. Um I don't know, or it's maybe something I learned with people who I can't necessarily let go in life, but I have to forgive them, you know. You have to. Yeah. You feel like you have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Why is that? If you want to get along in your life, you have to. Yeah, especially them. when you they're your family. You can sit there in your anger forever, <laughs> right. but ultimately yeah. it has to go away in order for things to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of the opposite of you in that respect, Micah. I tend to really hold on to grudges, and that's something I've tried to work on, but... 
and it's usually not even the big things or the people that I'm close with, but if it's someone that I'm not close with mm. and they do something that bothers me or annoys me, man, can I hold on to that for a long time. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Art, you know. <laughs> no, well, actually, while you've got the microphone, yeah, I knew what's I was your story? Into that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Art. Um, I'm not an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> although I traipsed on the edge of that for some time years ago as a musician, but in that kind of lifestyle, you can fall into those kind of things. I am motivated every day to get up and find out where that light is and to bring it out into the world. That's my job. I also am a gardener. I'm also uh, working a bike shop, both of which are at the U of M. I've been a musician. I've been a web designer. I've been a knucklehead. Still got that designation. <laughs> um, and I just enjoy showing up and being with great folks like you guys. Well, how do you go about bringing that light? Is it bringing it out of other people or out of situations you're in? Both. Mm. As a matter of fact, uh, the first step is to try and remember that I'm not walking into this world with my fear. And I'm walking into the world past my fear. So that's the first thing I do when I get out of bed. I say, okay, well, we got to do this first. <laughs> and I don't know that we necessarily check the bucket list before we get out of bed. Because I want to be open to what comes in that moment. Uh, and that's how I get to that light, is being open to what comes in that moment. And uh, very often I find that people are bringing it with them, and all I have to do is just kind of tap it a little bit, push it a little bit, and watch it come spring into life. So do you feel like that's the same as getting to know someone, drawing out that in what they have inside of them? I don't know that I get to know them as deeply as the conversation we're trying to have here today. Mm -hmm. But if I get to see their light, if I get to see their smile, if we make a deep connection, that's really kind of more important to me than knowing the absolute details. To right. make that, to bridge that separation, to find a joining there. That's what's important to me. That's what gets me up every single day. Well, do we have to know the details to really know somebody? I'm not sure that we do. I don't know that we have to. Yeah. I, I've had connections with people that I didn't know very well. You know, you always meet someone where you feel like you connected with them and you can know them for a very brief amount of time and maybe you don't even see them again. Mm -hmm. But um, Tom always says that that's like a soulmate. It's not always in the romantic definition that we think of, yeah. but we can have multiple soulmates that you right. bump and it's like a piece of your soul is in them and you recognize it and that's where you feel that connection from. Well, I'm going to go way out on a limb here. My assumption is that we're all one at some level, some way or another. Mm -hmm. So we're all soulmates. We're one family. Right. And to celebrate that at every possible instant is what is important to me. And since we were on that topic and you dumped it because I asked you if you were staring at me because of a grudge issue... <laughs> We can't really get there without the process of forgiveness, yeah. mm -hmm. which is what Micah was getting at. And I think that what that Nick was getting at, you know, if we don't, if we don't toss that out there, then we've always got a block, but we've always got that separator. Mm -hmm. We always have that bridge to cross. Right. So that's one of the things that I've tried to learn to do over the last few years is when things get squirrely, and everybody knows what squirrely means, especially <laughs> if you're from like Michigan, <laughs> New York. <laughs> Squirrely means things get out of hand. Yeah. People are not getting along. Um, and the way to bridge that I've always found is to find, uh, just to forgive, radical forgiveness. Don't put it out there as, uh, I forgive you unless, again, you do, yeah. or something like that. Just we total out and out forgiveness. We put stipulations on our It's a burying the hatchet. It's the past is in the past. Mm. Now, somebody else, please take the mic. That, well, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's something that I struggle with, though. It really is, and especially the emotion that I hold on to strongest usually is anger or frustration. And I, well, they're very powerful emotions. They're going to, they're going to grab a hold of you. 
I'm a very emotive person. So at the, the same token, when I get swept up by the emotion of love, I can really cling to that as well. But when I have to constantly be holding on to both sides of it, it can get very draining, I guess. Well, you're, you're riding two horses. Mm-hmm. And that's real hard to do. You can't go in two opposite directions at the same time. You can, uh, but it pulls you apart. <laughs> yeah, and what, what's the good of that? So uh, my question is, do you go one side or the other or just say no horses? Mm. Mm. Oh, Art. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. All right, well, Jenny, you're hiding over there behind the board. Putting me on the spot here. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Jenny. I've hosted a few times. You probably heard my voice. Um, <laughs> I don't really like my voice, so it's kind of hard to talk on the radio. People also say that you and I have a very similar voice. Every oh. time, even my own mother, really? while we're on air, she's like, you made the b- most beautiful comment last night. You said this. I was like, that was Jenny, but thanks for trying. <laughs> well, thanks, Mom. My mom thinks you're poignant. So. <laughs> I did call your mom, Mom, yesterday. That I was cute. She, I hope she appreciated that. Uh, I also couldn't remember her name at the time, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's all good. Uh, a little about me I'm an artist that hasn't really made any art in I don't know six months so I don't know what that makes me but does that make you less of an artist I don't think so but I think my creativity is always there I'm always doing something that is creative whether it's creative thinking and putting things Mm -hmm. together we just had a barbecue radio show uh yeah we had a grill out here in Soulsville yesterday um and it was just putting all the pieces together which I really enjoyed and I think that takes after my mom, who's always throwing parties and delegating tasks. So I think I did okay. But to me, it's just kind of like another project, and I'm always looking for that next thing. Uh, but other things, I have a big fear of commitment, not just in relationships, but mm-hmm. I travel a lot. I move around a lot. I'm just trying to like figure myself out. But I've learned in that traveling that I just can't settle with myself. So I'm always looking for that next best thing. But that's not always out there. I think it's just, it's being calm and comfortable with yourself is the best thing. So do you think you're in the process of discovering who you are? Or do you think that each place and each time you move is shaping who you are or both? I think it's both. I think the discovery is really fun and, and shouldn't just be like one day I know exactly who I am. But I think in learning those little things about me, I can feel comfortable being like, oh, wait, I am an introvert. It's okay if I spend time alone today instead of feeling bad about hiding out, quote unquote. Like those types of things are making myself better in kind of attacking each day. But when you are alone, when you're sitting in your room by yourself, you're doing something like journaling, for example, or you're reading a book, something that's building up yourself, Mm -hmm. but you're not around other people. How does that make you feel? That refreshes me a lot. I'm very, I come out and I feel refreshed. I light incense. I chill out. Um, (laughs) I don't know if my roommate loves that, but it's just, I need that time. And then I feel lonely, of course, and I want to go out and hang out with friends some days, but some nights I just need to be with myself. And that might just be watching The Office or or taking a nap or something. I understand that. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Jenny, I relate a lot to what you said, though. You were talking about feeling like you can't really ever settle and that you're constantly just like feeling like you have to be moving and stuff like that. And I think a big part of that for me, at least, and I don't know what you think about it, is like the drive to create at mm-hmm. least keeps me always wanting to be on my feet. And when I'm not doing anything, like I feel like very complacent. I don't know how to explain it. Like I constantly want to be doing something. And if I'm not doing something with my time, I feel like I'm like wasting it, which I believe is like really unrealistic. Like Mm -hmm. you have to like 
have time in the day where you're not doing anything or the things you have to do. But I don't know. I constantly feel like... Do you believe like, that? I don't know. Like, I feel like there's time, like, I mean, I'm like that way. If I'm sitting on the couch at like 10 p.m., sometimes like I could be doing this and this and this and this yeah. and this with mm-hmm. my time right now. But I realize that it's also important after I've been doing things like that all day long to be, you know, because like, I try to do, I, I try to do something creative like every day, but it's also a challenge because there's the things like I have to do. And I think I'm really unrealistic, which makes me, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a spoiled outlook, but like, I really just like am immature in the way that I don't care about like ha- making money or a career. I don't think about like buying a house or doing like, I just don't really think about those things. I just am constantly thinking about like the next thing I want to make, which is really frustrating because if I'm not doing it, then I'm like beating myself up about it. <laughs> I don't it. know that that's an immaturity, Josh. It's, it sounds to me like it's part of who you are and Jenny as well. You're saying similar things. You guys are always looking for that next creative outlet to put a piece of yourself into and that's not a bad thing we need people who are seeking to innovate and think about what they're doing and produce art like you said jenny it's it's important it's it's, i think that means that's like it's refreshing to hear other people say things like that because it's also incredibly draining when you're like constantly thinking about how you want to be creatively involved with something, but even when you're not, you know what I mean? Like, or I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I have so many ideas. I can't even start on one of them because I mm-hmm. feel so stifled. You yeah. know, like I just have like so much going on C- in my head. Bubble. So I end up just like <laughs> sitting, you know, like sitting down and like watching TV or something. And then that doesn't bring anything out, but I don't know. And now I'm rambling. So not I'm backing rambling. away. <laughs> Stop putting judgments on yourself. All right, guys, we are going to take a, a short break, but we will be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to Tell Me More Radio with Tom Shadiak. Today, we've been talking about getting to know one another. We we really want to encourage our listeners to know more about us. Um, this is a pre-recorded podcast, so we're actually out of the studio tonight, but we will be live tweeting. So tweet us and, and let us know how you feel about this. We want to have an open conversation with the people that listen to us every night and we appreciate those of you who reach out to us we appreciate your calls and we'll be back live in the studio soon to take those and those who reach out on twitter we've really kind of built up a little family uh and a little network here across the u.s and even globally i mean we're huge in japan so (laughs) (laughs) the joke that never died um so in the first segment we were we were talking a little bit about getting to know one another uh, we had an interesting situation. We all met this crazy man with long hair named Tom Shadiak. And he taught us a lot about ourselves in a class that we all took. It was called Storytelling in Life. Um, and so most of us in this room met through that class. Uh, and we didn't know each other. And we we're all pretty different. We got drawn together because we want to talk about the same kind of subjects and we'd want to talk about the kind of universal love that can connect all of us but other than that we've we've got some differences um a couple common interests but we want to talk about how you meet somebody and you feel that instant connection with them but that doesn't always happen so i i want to go ahead and play a clip and this clip is is talking about a woman who says that we miss out on some of those moments. Her name is Candace, 
And she did a big think video talking about the moments where our own brains can get in the way of meeting someone and having one of those moments where you feel like you actually got to know somebody. So we're going to go ahead and play that clip. personally, that there are moments like that where I I do miss the opportunity. Um, I'll let you guys think for a second if you have anybody that you want to connect with more, which was the first part of her question, or someone that you ought to connect with, someone that you need to deal with, but it's not a person that you particularly want to deal with. It's not a problem you want to address, but both of your lives would improve or be fuller in some way if you could address that. Um, so I, I want to go ahead and share the first person I would like to be closer with. As soon as she said sibling, I felt like I was a little called out. Um, my little brother, Jacob, is currently on a Mormon mission. So for you, those of you who don't know what that entails, it means he leaves home for two years to go somewhere that he's been assigned to go and preach the gospel, talk about what he believes in his faith. Um, and we were super close, me and my little brother, uh, growing up and kind of drifted apart. The conversations that we do have are very shallow. And now that he's physically so far away um, and unable to talk to me every day, it's gotten the gap has gotten even wider. And I feel like I, I don't know very much about him anymore and he doesn't know very much about me. So that's it's like a little emotional for me to talk about but I really he's one person that 
I want to connect with more and I want to give that my full intentions to because I love him. He's my brother. We've been talking about family and of course I love him. Does anybody else have somebody that they want to connect with more? Yeah, you brought up family and it made me think of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my grandmother, you know, calls all the time. And since I moved away from home, it's harder with like working all the time and just doing everything to stay as connected as we used to be. Um, but I don't know, think about her all the time, you know, like think about being a kid and her watching me and all that stuff. But she calls and I miss her calls and she leaves voicemails and I don't see her except for like once a week. And that's just like a relationship I wish. I think that both of our lives would improve from us being, being you know, closer like we were when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. from just talking more and whatnot. Yeah, for me, that was, that was the first person that came to my mind as well, was my grandmother. And yesterday, I didn't get to see many of you guys. I was at a funeral mm-hmm. and literally, um, you know, I'm sitting there, we're at the burial site of the funeral, and my grandmother says, you know, I don't want to be buried in a place like this. And it just... Oh, my goodness. It just hit me, you know what I mean? It's just like, Satori was around, too, and it's just kind of like, I don't want to think about that right now. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? So just moments like that, you know what I mean? If she's thinking about it, then I should definitely should be thinking about it, and it's kind of like... After, you know, somebody you've been around your whole life is gone, you don't have an opportunity to get to know them on, you know, the physical realm, you know what I mean? So it's kind of making the best of that, why that's here. And, of course, you know, grandmother's the first person to come to mind in those situations. Yeah. Uh, And I completely understand that. Uh, My relationship with my grandparents isn't always the most honest relationship either. And I don't always answer the calls. And there's some guilt associated with that. And I know that your grandmother would be happy to hear from you just like mine would, but it can be hard in the day-to-day to to remind ourselves of the long picture and to remind ourselves that grandma's not always going to be there Mm -hmm. and you're not always going to be there either. I think we can get so Mm -hmm. caught up in our day that we really don't think about it. And death, like Nick was talking about before, is not something we're comfortable talking about, especially as a society. We don't we don't want to talk about death. Death is something that you have to have some kind of vague plan for in the future. Like talking about where your grandmother wants to be buried is a conversation that most of us are going to have to have at one point, but we don't want to think about the consequences of that and what happens when people we love aren't here anymore. Yeah. This is Satoria again. Um, One thing I want to start off by saying is two things that really hit home for me ever since I actually started taking Tom's class, to be honest. Um, being more curious about getting to know people who are around you or maybe somebody you don't know and just being better at intentionally listening. Um, mm-hmm. For me, that has been, it shed such light in my life because um, it's really forced, not even forced me, but pushed me to step outside of the box and just being able to be vulnerable with other people. And then in turn, you know, I get that same in return. Or even if they are the ones to, you know, be vulnerable with me first, just like actively listening and act- taking an interest in it and because it has uh, pushed me to be a better person and a better friend mm. to others. Um, and then also to answer the question that you guys just answered about one person, I guess I'm avoiding. It's kind of different. Um, it's somebody that I've actually never met yet. Okay. Um, my sister. Really? And just to give a little background story with it, um, my father did have some outside children during my mom. In his marriage, uh, I have actually seven of us, seven of us all together, and uh, 
two of my siblings I did not find out about until I was like a sophomore in high school. So the emotions that I felt with it, I was angry. Mm -hmm. I'm really just learning to overcome and, uh, that anger that I experienced with finding that out years ago. Um, because to me, family is so important. I didn't have such a close-knit family growing up. So I felt like you just robbed me of something that of something that I cherished, of something that, you know, I really yearned to have. Like so you close, didn't have that opportunity? No. So it's like I found myself avoiding it because I don't want to experience that same pain I felt when I found that out. And it's hard for me to, like, really just come face to face with that. But I feel guilty sometimes because that's my sister. But it hurts because I feel like can even a relationship be, you know, still built mm -hmm. out of a lie, I feel like? So. I mean, I think that it depends on what you want out of the relationship. And if you sincerely want to reach out, do you think that would be harder than what you're feeling right now? Actually, I did try to reach out at one point. Really? But I backed away really quick because it was like, I'm not ready. Like, mm -hmm. the logical part of me wants to reach out because it's like, you know, okay, this is the right thing to do. This is my sister. I finally found you. Well, you found me. She really added me on Facebook years ago, but didn't tell me who she was. Wow. Mm -hmm. I had to find out through my other sister uh, because, I, you know, when you comment on somebody's Facebook status, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, so-and-so else commented on it too. I'm like, right. oh, how does my sister know this person? I added her on Facebook years ago. I still don't know. And she was like, yeah, that's her sister. Wow. And she approached my sister on Facebook and told her who she was, but she didn't tell me who, tell me who she was. Do you know why? Mm-mm. But I really think maybe out of fear, I don't even know if she knew that she had all these brothers and sisters. Um, I just kind of said it to her when we started talking on Facebook. I was like, well, just to let you know, I don't know if you know, but she has six other brothers and sisters, well, really five, because she knew about the other one. Mm -hmm. And if I were in her predicament, that's how I had to change my, that's how where I had to put my mindset at. Like, if I were her, I probably would be fearful. Like, all these other brothers and sisters out there, I mean, she doesn't know if we knew about her. So, I mean, it could just, it could have been a multiple, a multitude of factors, you know, why she didn't really reveal herself right. to us. So, I just really had to, you know, put myself in her shoes and, like, her uh, way of thinking in that situation. Do you feel a connection with her because she's related to you? Because you guys share the same blood? Um, Spiritually, I feel a connection to her, really? you know, just because of that. But um, that's all I can really say because I still haven't really, I haven't met her at all. I haven't talked to her in about a year, mm -hmm. I'd say. And also, you know, we lived in the same city, too, you know, my whole life and didn't know that either. So that's the only type of connection I really feel. But right. that's it. I think it's it's interesting sometimes we can have the mm -hmm. relationships that we choose to be in mm -hmm. can feel even stronger than the ones based on blood. But go ahead, Art. Sorry, what were you saying? I was just going to say that, that, you know, rather than, than guilt being what makes it feel like you're drawn to get to know her better, maybe it's that spiritual connection instead of the guilt that's yeah. driving you to get to know her better. You know there's something there, and you may perhaps want to explore that more deeply. So rather than looking at guilt, which is something that actually in a way could drive you further away, because I know I work with a lot of kids at the university who come in, they'll work for three weeks, they'll mm -hmm. disappear for two weeks, and then they won't come back because they feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel guilty, mm -hmm. just come on back to work. 
that doesn't a good have point. the same emotional content of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But that guilt can get in the way. But that spiritual connection, that's maybe what the motivation is that's pulling you in that direction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. every family is going to be different in the way they are built. But I think it's interesting. I have like 20 something cousins and I will say I only really know like five of them. Like, have I ever spent time Mm -hmm. with them? Have I gone out to dinner with them? Mm -hmm. Some of them are older. Some of them are younger. But the ones I'd call up right now is a very few amount. So it's like you can get to know them and you can choose to get to know them. It's kind of different in your situation Mm -hmm. since you didn't know about them. But for me, it's my sister-in-law who I've known for almost nine years now. They've been married, I think, seven. And she's got two kids, so they're my niece and nephew. But I feel like I don't have that connection with her, like my sister, who mm-hmm. also has two kids, mm-hmm. because it's my blood sister, I guess. And I see her a lot more when I'm at home. But with my sister-in-law, I just want her to know that I care about her and I care about her children very much. Like It's not like I have favorites or anything like that. Right. But it's just when you don't see them as much, and they are right down the road, but the way that the schedules line up for me, it just feels like I, I want to get to know her and I want to have lunch with her. And I want to just say, like, you know, I love you equally. It's just that I I haven't expressed that. <laughs> it's hard. And that's something that we do all the time. We only have a certain amount of allotted time. And sometimes it can be easier to spend it on things that we, I guess we want to spend it on. And we can miss out on connections like that. But Satoria, you had the choice taken away from you for so long. And it's really vulnerable when you realize that you haven't had a power to do something for a long time. And you can feel like you don't know what the next step you should take is. But there's really no should in it. If you want to reach out to your sister and you feel that spiritual connection that you were talking about, then that's it. But There's no rule or law that says that you have to be someone, be close with someone because you're related to them. Very simply, Mm -hmm. you can love somebody desperately and wholly without ever seeing their face or talking to them on the phone or writing them a letter. There's nothing wrong with following that up and making that connection, Mm -hmm. but you still have that with you. Absolutely. Always. I grew up with um, a cousin that I was very close with. She's four years older than me, but we used to tell people we were twins when we were little. We thought they believed us, but now now that I'm a little older, they might have been humoring us. But um, I am just as close with her as I'm closer with her than I am either of my siblings, actually. Mm -hmm. And she struggled with something in her life for a little while that took her away from me and it was really, really hard for us to overcome that because I knew she was there and I still felt completely connected, but she stopped answering because she was dealing with a lot of her own stuff. And um, I think she she was also feeling like maybe she wasn't being the best role model for me. She's always, she knows how much I looked up to her. So instead of having an honest conversation about where she was in her life, she she just pulled back from all of us. And that was hard because I I thought I had done something wrong and I wasn't able to talk to her about it. And it was always kind of there in the back of my mind, this problem. And now we we have a beautiful relationship again. And um, I love you, Lauren, if you're listening tonight. But um, (laughs) it it can be really hard. Family is rough. We talk about family a lot on this show because Mm -hmm. it's at the, the center of 
of where we all started. That's where we get our inclinations to do a lot of things. Our biology comes from our family. But I also think it's really interesting how much we pick up from people that aren't directly blood related to us, but we've grown up just like family, you know? Um, in, in preparation for this show, I was reading um, questions to get to really know someone and I found that most of them seemed kind of like bucket listy. They seemed checklist. Like this is something, if you know these details about a person's life, then you know the person. And I found that that's not always the case. So we'll talk a little bit more about those questions when we come back. We're gonna go ahead and take a, a quick break, but we'll be right back with you guys. guys welcome back to tell me more radio with tom shadiak i'm brooke fernley and names are, are kind of the name of the game tonight we're learning a little bit more about the people in this room and also talking about how you get to know someone in general um we received some feedback that we should say our names when we're speaking <laughs> that's a fair comment because this is radio and we can't see you guys and you can't see us um sometimes it can feel like a conversation between friends because that's what it really is and that's why we, we always want you guys to reach out to us as well. You can reach us at Twitter. We're live tweeting right now at Tell Me More Radio with the hashtag Tell Me More Radio because we, we really want to hear more from you and we want you guys to feel like you know a little bit about us. And that's what this show has been about um, for us tonight, for you to, to get to know who we are and a little bit about why we come every night to the radio show. Uh, what? Why do you guys come to the radio show? Is there there a reason that you give up your time? I don't know. It just keeps happening. I'm kidding. <laughs> but seriously, We're I, I can't you. quit. <laughs> I can't quit. Well, just, for me, it's another opportunity to be with the <laughs> it's my extended so. family. Yeah. I know. know? That's one be, part of it. It's just become part of what I do, and I don't question it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me personally, I we all connected like mm -hmm. I was talking about before in the show we connected through one really charismatic person and then once the class was over it kind of felt like we didn't have anywhere to go um I stopped going to church a couple years ago now and and decided that wasn't the place where I would grow the most anymore and this really kind of became like a church for me it's somewhere where I get in tune with who I am as a person and also talk about how I can be more in tune with the people around me we talk like Art was saying about how we really are all connected mm -hmm. and we're attempting right now to start this nonprofit called One Family and we we want to connect. We're starting here in, in Memphis where we broadcast you guys from, but we want to connect first people in different parts of the city of Memphis and we're going to be bringing some really cool, I suppose, attractions into uh, a neighborhood that we broadcast out of called Soulsville. We've talked a lot about it. Um, how does it make you guys feel to drive into Soulsville every day? And is this a neighborhood you guys were coming to beforehand? Well, I used to live in this neighborhood. Did you? Uh, I didn't know on that. On two different areas. I used to live uh, when I was in high school and also when I graduated college. I live uh, maybe three or four blocks away from here. So it's it's kind of 
a full circle type of thing for me to kind of grow up seeing uh, this used to be a pretty big project behind us where those right. nice houses are across from uh, Lamorne College. Um, some of my parents, my family grew up over there and used to hang out a lot at at the college. So it's it's kind of great to see places that you've been that you're familiar with switch over and have this level of growth. You know what I mean? For here, for one family, it's more of a spiritual growth. Uh, but for me and what I'm passionate about, to know the musical history in this neighborhood mm. and also the energy that that still has here is also beautiful. And I think that draws me one way or another back. And it was it was divine for um, for one family to be here. Yeah, I completely agree. It wouldn't it wouldn't be the same if we were in another city or even in another part of this city. What we really needed was to be around this kind of culture and there's so much potential here to be inclusive with the people around us and that's what I'm really excited about moving forward. Also, uh, we were talking before the break about questions, about how you get to know somebody. One of those questions is, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite color, guys? (laughs) My favorite color has changed over the years. (laughs) When I was younger, it was blue because that was the popular color, like blue. Uh Uh-huh, not pink. You're not too girly. I've never liked Mm -hmm. pink. That's just been a personal decision of mine. I just (laughs) never really cared too much for the color pink. But then as I got older, it went to black. Because my dad always had black cars. And Mm -hmm. that was his favorite color. So, you know, I looked up so much to him. Uh, I was like, okay, it's black now. But then as I got older and I got to college, uh, and I'm actually still sticking with these colors that I'm about to say. What is it? Um, Coral and turquoise. Um, It just reminds me so much of travel. Like that good feeling you get when you travel yeah. and it's just so serene and for me um just getting trying to get to a place in my life where I'm just uh comfortable with where I am and just in my skin it just really soothes me and just calms me just those two colors coral and turquoise like I just really like it and it's cute too for decorations in the <laughs> house I mean that's so interesting though like even a simple question like that when you know somebody you can draw mm-hmm. something about, out about their childhood, about how it's changed. And, mm-hmm. But most of the time when you meet somebody and you ask them what their favorite color is as a way to get to know them, you're going to get a very bland answer that might not tell you that much. We also ask uh, somebody about where they grew up and uh, like job interview questions. We were talking about art. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, oh Jenny, my what do you think? I can't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, want but to. Yeah. We know that you can't answer that because you're indecisive <laughs> and you don't know what you're going to be doing in, in five minutes. But five seconds. I actually, somebody <laughs> asked me that in an interview um, on Thursday and I told Xavier, I said, I hate when people ask me that question. And I answered it so truthfully, like for the Did very you? first time. What'd you say? Yes. I said, I don't know. I said, honestly, I'm just on a journey right now in my life where I'm just trying to order my steps to make sure I'm doing what makes me happy. Mm. in order to figure out what I ultimately want to do. And I said, and I love it. And that's just where I'm at right now. So I can't tell you specifically where I'm going to be at in five years, but I would like to be in a Range Rover. So I do know that. In a Range Rover. <laughs> and what was, what was the Dressed reaction? Dressed out a Land Rover. What was the reaction of the person who was interviewing you? Um, oh, this is Satori again, guys, who's speaking. But the reaction, <laughs> um, he got so vulnerable, vulnerable with me. 
um i guess being in such a professional setting he probably didn't even expect that answer no, maybe he not know. may have not even heard that honest of a response to that question but he started you know telling me like yeah oh my gosh like i was just on that journey so i know where you're coming from so it was just really good that you know we were able to connect right there in that moment um even though it was supposed to be a quote-unquote professional setting but yeah. interviews are nothing so but conversations to, to me you? That you killed that interview, that you did really <laughs> well. He's gonna remember you. <laughs> well, interviews are nothing but just conversations to yeah. me. And my friend shed light on that uh, when I did a pageant a few years ago. She was like, "Don't bomb this pageant over a conversation." Oh. And ever since then, like that's just what I view interviews as, and I just treat them as it's just a conversation. But it's not typically a very honest conversation. Exactly. When you're going mm -hmm. into a job interview, most of the time we feel like we can't be ourselves. Mm -hmm. I will say one thing that the radio show has done for me since we started is um, I've been able to take things that we've talked about out up here mm. and to help me and my friends. Maybe they're not seeing things like I am because I've been able to open up with people and get a very diverse group of people's like opinion on stuff. And so, like, even, like, telling my roommate, so I've been working on this thing about just, like, being in the moment, like, in the step that I'm in right now, and I'm going to go now, but I just wanted to, like, let you know that, because she was like, all right. And then, like, I got <laughs> home a little later, she was like, you know, I was really thinking about the thing you just dropped on me before you left, and, mm. you know, I need to do that. And I was like, well, wow. all right, you come do it with me. And then she started coming to the radio show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Okay, yeah. so... I'm having this feeling right now that the only way I know how to describe it is a fuzzy heart. Nick says that sounds like rotten, like it's it's decaying or something. But no, like, I don't know. It, it, that just makes me feel so justified mm -hmm. in coming here every night. And that's what uh, we want to encourage in our listeners. Mm -hmm. I really want to s talk about these issues that are important to us and important to you guys and I'm, I hope that that resonates in some way, whether you completely disagree with what we're saying, that's almost more important. We want, we want people to, to be able to hear what we're saying and open up a conversation, maybe with your roommate or maybe with yourself, mm -hmm. open up a conversation about where you actually are. It's as simple as when you ask somebody, how they doing? They say, fine. And then you say, why? Mm-hmm. And then they have to stop and think about, well, why am I feeling good? What is so good about that? And it opens a big door. And then, they, is, and then they, cry. Not, <laughs> maybe they cry. Maybe they cry. Maybe they cry. Yes, they cry. But that's more honest. Um, and I, I'd like to encourage everybody out there to ask those honest questions of the people that you want to get to know around you, but also of yourself. It's It's very important that you know yourself, and that's kind of the – number one thing once you know yourself that's when you're able like art to to pull the light out of someone else and to really build those connections that are going to help you grow in your life so thank you guys so much for listening this has been tell me more radio with tom shadiak and we're a group of people that would like to get to know you and we hope you'll get to know us peace <laughs>